Hey guys, just popping in real quick to let you know a little bit about my guest. Her name is V. She is a registered investment advisor representative for Warren Street Wealth Advisors. The statements in this podcast are V's own personal views and not that of Warren Street. Nothing in this episode should be considered personal, actionable advice. Also, make sure you follow her on Instagram at V Makes Sense. That's V E E M A K E S C E N T S. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hey guys, you're listening to Gabby with Friends, and I have a very special guest here with me today. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> this is Veronica. Um, we already caught up quite a bit before we started the podcast, but I will go ahead and tell you guys uh, how we know each other, basically, which I don't even know how we met. Probably we were little as kids. Yeah. yeah, like we were little I kids. We were like six or seven. Like probably. Little. So Veronica and I share the same birthday, uh, and she is my godbrother's cousin. And yes. so we met years, like a long time ago. Isn't that so funny? Like twenty, probably like over twenty years ago. Literally, that's so crazy yeah. to think about now. And we're like adults, and she's married. <laughs> And I'm going to get married soon. It's so, that's so weird to even think about how long ago we met. I didn't even think about that prior to when we were talking. Um, but yeah, so we've technically known each other for a really long time. And uh, I have her here today. And we're going to be talking about uh, debt relief, anything debt related. And we have some questions that we're going to answer. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and like your job title and things, whatever you can share with us. Yeah, of course. So um, I work in wealth management. I've been working in uh, at the same company since I left college or since I graduated college four years ago. Um, so I am actually the director of operations. So I'm not really working with clients on a regular basis. I'm more like handling um, just operation stuff, billing, payroll, HR, that kind of thing. Um, but so even though I'm not directly um, working with clients every day, I still uh, working there. I've learned a lot about just personal finance and I've seen how a lot of clients go about managing their money. And so that kind of sparked my interest. Um, and a few, a couple of years ago, I, I started realizing that a lot of my friends, like my girlfriends in particular, that they didn't really have anyone to follow, I guess, or like, mm-hmm. um, learn from when it came to their personal finance so Mm -hmm. you know as girls like we have a lot of like beauty bloggers to look up to or fitness bloggers or cooking channels or all kinds of things but there aren't a lot of girls out there talking about money Mm -hmm. so um, it just kind of sparked my interest and I decided to start the blog a couple years ago to just hopefully just kind of make money simple and have someone that can be relatable to all of these young women Mm -hmm. um so I started blogging and then I started a social media account, you know, on, on all the platforms and Instagram is the one that really took off. So um, a lot of my time and like my content has been uh, been on Instagram and through it, I've just, um, I've really, I've just been able to like grow an audience that I feel like really benefits from that simple uh, content. So I like Instagram because it's just like, you could put something out really quickly and it's not a whole lot to read. It's easy to digest. People understand like they can, um, engage with you really quick and so uh, for a long time I wasn't really sure if even like my posts made a difference but mm-hmm. over time like people have shared with me that even a simple quote in the morning or like 
a little thing on Instagram is really motivating and helps them like um, just want to take control of their money. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I do the blog just as a hobby. It's something I do for fun. And then my day job is my day job. Yeah, that is so awesome. I definitely, it's nice to see obviously a woman in finance and a Latina at that, you know, I don't think you see that a lot, or I think we're portrayed. And I bring this up because I was recently recently watching a video and they talk about how they describe, you know, the uh, Latina nowadays as just we eat hot Cheetos and we want a narco boyfriend and we're toxic. And the girl is like, no, like we can be congresswomen. We can be a president. We can be in finance. We can do a lot of things. And like, you know, they, they have this or some people, they have this picture of us in their mind of, we you know, we're only these like little basic things when we can be doing these big things. So it's really awesome to see somebody, um, you know, who is Latina, who is a woman, who is, who cares enough to put out information that will positively influence, you know, other women and men, obviously, but like, you know, so that we see like, okay, cool. Like if she can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? Like something to positively influence other people. So that is, that's awesome. I'm glad you started. I followed right away. I was like, yes. And I all like, I'll share stuff. Like I've told my friends about it. I think I saw a couple people that I know they actually do follow you. So I was like, okay, cool. Like people like, I, I like that. Like people like listen to you. Like, like for me, at least when I started the podcast, I was like, ugh, nobody is gonna like who's gonna like this stuff like who's gonna listen and I've gotten nothing but good feedback like ever since I've started and I was like oh my gosh like it's yeah. just so weird but no definitely it is it's hard work but it's awesome and like I am sure you were helping somebody whether it's one person a day five ten a hundred like yeah, I'm sure that those people sure. yeah definitely that's awesome so today well, we basically already broke the ice. I didn't even ask you. An yeah. ice. I should have done it in the beginning. We've already talked for like 45 minutes before the episode. Um, so yeah, the, ice has been the ice has been broken. So we'll we'll skip that for today. Um, but basically, I invited uh, Veronica. Oh, and you guys follow her Instagram at V Makes Sense. Right? That's it. V yeah. Makes Sense. V-E-E Makes Sense, as in C-E-N-T-S. So you guys can follow her on Instagram, and I'll link it in the... Uh, podcast subscription and then she'll be tagged in um in the instagram post to follow whenever i put out the podcast so i basically asked uh her to join us today so we can talk a little bit about debt relief i know that i have debt um i know a lot of people who have death i have people who have a little bit i have people who may be drowning in it um and I don't know about anybody else, but whatever debt I've I have, I feel like I'm drowning in it because it's just like something that is just kind of there and you want to get rid of it, right? Um, so I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, like no matter the amount, I would say. So yeah. we're basically going to be talking about that. Uh, she's going to give us her advice. And we have some questions. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can um, put some together so we can answer them all at once. Um, Let's see. People are asking about, let's start with something. This is, we'll start with this one. What's the best way to pay off debt? Okay. 
Great first question. What would you, what would you think is the best way? (laughs) So the first thing I would say is you definitely want to start with a budget because in order for you to pay off debt, you need money to pay off debt. And for Mm -hmm. you to like have the money to pay off debt, you need to know one, where your money's going. Um, Two, if you have debt, that usually means that you might be spending more than what you're earning. Mm -hmm. So you want to take a look at your expenses and create some cash flow. So maybe take a statement, a bank statement for a month and kind of go down and with the highlighter, look at what you're spending on and see what you can cut. So sometimes it can be like a recurring thing, like um, maybe you got Disney Plus early in quarantine and now you don't have time to watch it. So you're just spending, I don't even know how much Disney Plus is like $9.99 a month or something. Yeah, probably. Um, but it adds up. Exactly. It might seem insignificant, but it adds <laughs> up. So maybe you cut, you know, um, Disney Plus or maybe you call um, your cable or internet provider and ask if they can lower your bill or if you are paying for cable, maybe you cut cable and just go on to just streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, so like personally for me, um, I use YouTube TV. I don't, we don't have actual cable. So we have YouTube TV, which is much cheaper than um, what you would normally pay for cable. Mm-hmm. We get most of the cable channels. And then we also have like Netflix and Hulu. So pretty much between all that stuff, we have more than enough to watch. Yeah. So kind of just like assess what you're spending on and see if there's something that you can cut or something that you can adjust. Um, and then once you have that down, you want to make sure that you're not, not getting into more debt while you're tra- trying to pay off debt. So mm. the budget's going to be really important for that, just to make sure that you're not overspending or that you're not splurging on things that you shouldn't be. Um, and once, so once you have a budget, once you have your expenses and that, then, then you'll know how much money you have left to, to pay for debt. So take a look at what you make and if you can put $500 a month or $100, like whatever it is that you can put towards debt, just make it a point to apply it um, to it. Mm-hmm. And then one thing you want to consider is the order in which you pay the debt. So first of all, you always want to make the minimum payment on everything. If it's, you know, five credit cards, if it's one and your car payment or whatever, whatever debt payments you have, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're at least paying the minimum. But then you're never going to pay off all your debt by only paying the minimum. So you're going right. to put more money towards it um, to make an actual improvement on, on decreasing the debt. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a couple ways that you can go about it. Um, some people like to pay off whatever is smaller debt they have first. Um, so, for example, if you have a credit card with a balance of $1,000 and then you have a credit card with a balance of 4000 some people like to attack the small balance first. Um, and the reason for that is it can motivate you. Like once you pay off one credit card, you'll feel really good. And then it'll give you the motivation to keep going on the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way to do it is you can uh, tack the one with the highest interest rate first, which personally is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not pay it off as quickly as like the smaller balance, but at the end of the day, whatever you're paying more interest on, it's like once you can pay that down, you're going to be saving money on interest every month. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want to look at all, all the debt you have and kind of come up with a plan of attack. And there's not one right or wrong way to do it. It just depends on the person. Like if right. you find that you really need that motivation, then sure, go ahead and attack the small one. Uh, but if you can stay disciplined and kind of keep going, even if it takes a little bit longer to see progress, mm-hmm. then I would definitely go for the higher interest uh, debt first. Yeah. And then pretty much just make a plan and stick to it. You know, like mm-hmm. be disciplined and say, this is what I'm paying every month. And, you know, be disciplined enough to just be able to stick just to it. do it, yeah. Can. Obviously, mm-hmm. things happen and a lot can change. But if you can afford it, then, you know, make a plan and make that payment every month. Yeah. Make that commitment to yourself mm-hmm. and, like, follow through with it. 
I definitely think the discipline part is hard. Like for me personally, I'm the type of person, like if I don't see quick, like I want to see quick change. So I'm like, usually like, and I just learned very recently that if you pay something up, like, for example, like if I have a credit card, I owe $500 and I'm like, okay, I have $500. I'm going to pay it off. I heard it hurts your credit. It, it or it can, can like it can bring it down. Like maybe that little card wouldn't do much. Like if I was just to pay it in like a lump sum, but I guess like for a bigger amount, I like. I don't think it hurts your credit if you pay it off. It's I think it's when you close an account that it can hurt your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I actually think that if you have a balance and you pay it off completely, it's supposed to increase your credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, one of the th- one of the factors for your credit score that's, that uh, makes a difference is um, how much your your debt to like overall credit available ratio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if if overall you have ten thousand dollars available in credit and you max it out, that's going to hurt your credit score. Right. But if you have ten thousand and you keep it under, I think it's like I'm not sure on this, but I think it's like thirty three percent. Like if mm-hmm. you keep that ratio below that, yeah, it should help. Mm-hmm. So when you pay when you pay something off, it should help because that ratio becomes smaller. Will become lower. Well, yeah. When you close a credit card, it can hurt you because then the the total amount that you have available is now less smaller. So right. now that ratio can go higher. Right. So right, it right. can kind of affect your score, like when you pay off and when you close cards. But mm. usually, it's not super impactful. Like it's not going to you know make it an eight hundred and fifty score. It's not going to turn it into a four hundred. Right. 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 Change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't focus so much on that. Like if your goal is to pay off debt make that your goal. And if your credit score gets hit by a few points, like at the end of the day, I would much rather have be debt free and like right. pay all that interest mm-hmm. than, you know, worry about a few points here and there. Right. Like what I would say. That's smart. Yeah. Because I'm sometimes I'm like, ugh, but yeah, I like to see like quick, like, like if I have, yeah, I want to like zero it out you know so I get super impatient so I feel like if I and usually like at least now that I'm older I can definitely stick to more be more disciplined about it but I've definitely relapsed if you will a few times and I'm like no like a few years ago I was like in debt like crazy okay and I was like oh my god like this is ridiculous like you know people always say like money can't buy happiness and not necessarily that it's going to buy happiness but you definitely if you have money or if you feel if you're not like uh what is it like if you don't feel stuck by money you definitely feel better you know what I mean like you feel more free you you feel feel free it's less stress like I definitely have noticed that but definitely now as an adult I feel like I can stick to something a little better um but I'm definitely like if I can't see results quickly I'm just like oh like I get so unmotivated and you know I like to treat myself if you know what I mean (laughs) so I'm just like oh like not as much anymore and definitely not now but that that's my issue that I'm like oh like sometimes I get unmotivated because I'm like oh like I wish I just had like $150 like I could just pay $150 on that or you know whatever just so I can see a big chunk of it go down Cause it's like, sometimes you pay, you know, let's say your uh, minimum payment or whatever, you're going to pay, let's say a hundred bucks and they charge you 75 in interest. And you're like, yeah. So now I've only paid $25 and I'm out 75, you know? So it just kind of sucks. So we have some questions here that they're asking how to stay motivated um, to not spend money and to focus on paying off your debt. I think you just have to do it. My, that'd be yeah. my advice. You just have to do it. Like, 
definitely like at least for me now I started asking myself I've been doing this for some time too but like what do I really do I want this or do I need this yeah and I have to sit there and question it and then I'll be like okay I don't need this so okay fine like whatever I'm not gonna get it or now what I've been doing is like oh it's like I really want these shoes but I'm like, am I really going to spend a hundred dollars? I could, I could pay these hundred dollars on this credit card or I could put this in my savings account or something like that, you know? So now I yeah. always ask myself those questions and it definitely helps that like impulsive buying. Like I don't do that anymore. Cause I, I have like a list that I go down and I'm like making sure, you know, what is what and like putting myself in line. And then I'm like, and nine times out of 10, I won't spend the money, whatever it is. I'm like, no, I don't need it. Especially like right now, I feel like, Okay, you don't need clothes, you don't need yeah. makeup, you don't need anything right now because you're not going anywhere, you're not doing anything, you're not really seeing anybody. So what do you, I don't, you know, what do you need any of that for? And like, I'll occasionally I'll get on like, to, to try to do like online shopping for clothes, but I'm like, when am I going to wear this? Yeah. Like you're not. So I'm like, no, I don't need it. So I'm like, if I ever need something, and I've been doing this, um, like, like, cause you know, people buy like, like I used to shop like years and years ago, like crazy. Like Jonathan and I would literally go to the mall like two days like out of the week. And we would go and buy all this stuff. And I, w- I would have so much clothes. And like later, like months later, I'd find clothes with tags on it. And mm-hmm. I would never yeah, wear it. Yeah. And it's still there. Like I would never even wear it at that point. And then it's like, okay, now you don't like it. So now not only is it, well, you wasted money. You're never going to use it. Or you're probably not going to get your money back for it at that point. And it was such a waste. So now I'm just like, well, before quarantine, if I needed something, like if it was going to go somewhere, then, and I just absolutely did not have anything to wear, I would just go and I would buy something at that point if I needed it. But if not, whatever I had, I had to make it work and that was it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but definitely I have my little list of questions I ask myself and I'm like, do you really need that? Yeah. You know, one, or... one good thing to do too is like um, taking a break from. So like, there's like a seven day rule. So pretty much like, if you're say you're on Amazon mm-hmm. and you want something, you add it to your cart, but you don't mm-hmm. buy it, and you just leave it there for seven days. And then in a week, like if you remember it and like it's still important to you, yes. you still feel like you needed to buy it. But a lot of the times, a lot of the stuff, you know, you don't even need. Like we have, um, we registered at Amazon for our wedding. So then they mm-hmm. gave us a discount code that we can use one time. It's 20% off for like one purchase. So we're like, okay, we're, we should buy some things that we need for the house or whatever. And a month ago we made a list, like we added stuff to a list that we need. And then we haven't even had time to make the purchase. And just a couple <laughs> days ago, I was like, wait, what was on that list? Like obviously uh, nothing super important right. in a month. And we haven't yeah. been like, oh, we needed that thing that we added to our list. Right. So we went back to the list and we're like, yeah, some of this stuff, like we don't even, some yeah. of them like, yeah, we should still get it. But uh, it just kind of helps to take a break. Like if you, if you look at something and you buy it right then and there, then that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. You already made the purchase and yep. it's gone. But if you just kind of wait and sit on it, that helps a lot. It's yeah, definitely. Not, not that like helps. you said, like not the impulse shopping, mm-hmm. which I think online you, it's easier. Oh yes. To, to do that. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> I yeah. even deleted my Amazon app for a while. That's smart. Cause in the beginning of quarantine, girl, that Amazon truck was here every day. My neighbors were probably like, are y'all okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was here all the time. Cause it's just so easy. Yeah. And so I think you posted about that on your 
on your Instagram about doing that, like waiting. So I did, I started yeah. doing that. So I'll like add stuff and I'll go back later and I'll go through like my car. I'm like, I don't need this. Like, I don't need this. I, and like half the time I either won't buy anything or like, it'll be like, it'll go from, let's say 10 things to like two things that I actually did need. And the rest that's like, that has out. helped. Yeah. But I've, I've deleted the app. I think I just recently, yeah. I recently got it back cause I needed to order some stuff. I don't remember for what. And then I deleted it again. And then like, um, recently I got it again because my dad needed me to order stuff for him, but no, I either, I do the same thing. I leave it in the car or I just get rid of the app. So it's not easy for me to go in and look. Cause sometimes I'm like, I'm bored. Let's see what's new on Amazon. And I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, no. So I delete it. And I've also, I also did, um, I did it for the last two months where I didn't spend any unnecessary money. Like that's crazy. Like if quarantine hasn't showed y'all how to like how much you've spent before on food, on random trips to Target, on yeah. all this stuff, I don't know what's going to show y'all. Because to me, I was like, wow, like I had so much extra money that I that you don't even realize you're spending because you just go somewhere, you swipe your card and you're like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's only once a week, sure. you know, and it's not once a week. It's very often. Yeah. But yeah, those are some of the things that help me. I just... I delete any apps, any shopping apps, I delete it. I think the only shopping apps that I have right now are, I have Amazon right now and I have like the grocery stores because we do the curbside pickup. I was like, other than that, I don't keep anything. Like I make it a point to make it difficult for myself to get to any store website, whether it's Target yeah. or whether it's Ulta or like any of that. Like I, like I have to go into the browser, type it in and do all that. And it's not like a click away, you know, just by having the app. Yeah. So Definitely. that's my recommendation. Make it hard for yourself to even get to the point of shopping. Uh, let's see. Somebody's asking, how many credit cards do you recommend having to build your credit? This is a good question. Yeah, it's a good one. And I feel like also a tricky one to answer because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a an exact amount. Um. I think one thing to keep in mind when you're trying to build your credit, one thing that impacts your score is the length of time that you've had credit open. Mm -hmm. So every time you open a new account, that time becomes smaller because a new one, you know, works into that average. Mm -hmm. So you, you probably don't want to go and open five accounts in a year or like, you know, in every few months, because that's just going to keep shortening the time and that impacts your score. Right. Um, another thing that impacts your score is different type of credit. So there's like revolving credit, which is a credit card. And then there's installment credit, like a loan. So it helps when you have say a credit card and like an auto loan or a student loan or things like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're building credit, there's, there's a lot of things that go into what makes your credit score. And uh, if you want to build your credit, if I, like if I were you or whoever's asking the question, um, I would just go online and search like what impacts your credit score. And there's very detailed information on there on what impacts it and how much each one impacts it. Cause it's not all equal. Some categories impact it more than others mm-hmm. and just kind of see where you're at. So don't focus on getting more credit, but like, for example, how is your um, average length of it being open history? How is that? Um, what, like I said earlier, your ratio on how much you owe versus how much you have available, like mm-hmm. maybe you work on lowering that. Yeah. Um, and then having different types of credit uh, is also something that impacts it. So mm-hmm. it's it's a tricky question. Um, I personally keep um, trying to think I have 
I think I have three credit cards open. I only use one and mm-hmm. I use it like on a monthly basis. I pay it off, mm-hmm. um, but I keep three open just that I've had over the years. Yeah. Um, I have, I had two store credit cards. One was for Nordstrom and was for Victoria's Secret. I recently, I haven't used a Victoria's Secret one in like three years. So they just closed it and I kind of let it go. Yeah. Um, same thing with the Nordstrom one. I don't really use it anymore. So once it kind of disappears it'll be gone yeah um, those are credit cards that I opened when I was a lot younger and I was excited for like the coupons and oh, this and yep. perks. that's how they get uh, you guys <laughs> yeah I no longer do that because I realized like that's just how they get you like literally mm-hmm. it's like you get a credit card with them you can only use it at their store if it's not a visa or a mastercard or mm-hmm. something and then they send you the coupons and they just have you know and it usually like the way I see it now is like it's $20 off the amount of interest you would pay if you don't pay it off. It's usually not. Yeah. Um, so I try to stick to like a Visa MasterCard, like some kind of major credit card that I right. can actually use different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that yeah. kind of went off on a tangent there. No, it's okay. My first credit card was Victoria's Secret credit card. Oh, I will never forget. I was with two of my friends and we were at the mall and one of my friends, she got it and she got approved. So I was like, should I do it? And I was kind of scared because you're just like credit card. Like you think like, oh my God, like this is a big deal. Well, I got it. I got approved and I was like, hell yeah. So I've never spent so much money at Victoria's Secret in my life. And then I think it's been a couple years. I paid it off. And then I was, uh, I had called them and I was, uh, I wanted them to lower the balance or lower like the limit. And I think it went, I mean, and you, those cards, you guys, they add, they keep increasing your limit. Like you don't even yeah. got to ask, like they'll increase it by like yeah. 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. Like, and they'll be like, Hey, just so you know, you now have $1,500 limit. Who, who needs $1,500 for Victoria's Secret? Yeah. Especially you don't need it. Younger, like when, Especially you know, like 18, 19 year olds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they'll like make it seem like it's a great thing. Like, oh. oh, congratulations. We just increased your limit on money you can owe us. And when you're young and like, you don't know about this stuff, you're like, oh, cool. Like they make you feel like it's a great thing that they're increasing it. Exactly. Yeah, those are, those are tricky. Yeah. That's how they get you. So definitely I fell for it. <laughs> that's how I got mine. And then eventually, yeah, like but maybe it's been like five years or maybe more. Like I ended up paying it off. I called them to lower it. And then I found myself not even going to Victoria's Secret anymore. So I called them one day and I was like, you know what? Just cancel it. I don't want it. And they were like, we'll send you a whole coupon book if you keep it. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm just not going to use it. And they're like, how do you not go to Victoria's Secret anymore? I was like, I just don't cancel it. Like, and that was it. And I canceled it. And then there was another one. I think right now I've kept, I have one major credit card and I have my Best Buy one. And like the Best Buy one, I keep it because I don't go, I can't go and spend, I mean, I'm not like super like geeked on electronics or anything. So I use it like every once in a while. And so that didn't hurt me to keep because I knew it wasn't going to tempt me that much. And I've just, I've kept like the ones that I've, the credit cards that I've had for like a long time. I don't like, cause you know, it says that they say it's better to keep those obviously. So I've had those and I have like uh, one small with one with like a very small um, limit that I've had for quite some time too. But I've, I've either got, I got rid of most of them. I don't think I have, I only have one, which is the one that I've had like the long, it was my first my second credit card after that Victoria's Secret one, but it was like by my bank at the time. Um, I think that's the only one that I have. 
and it's only because I've had it for so long. I have probably an attachment to that one, but everything else I've shredded it. I got rid of it and I don't carry any of my credit cards. I only carry my debit card. Um, So if there's money on that debit card, then you can do what you need to do. But other than that, then I just bring my ass home. I don't go to Target anymore. (sighs) And I work across the street from a Target. So sometimes it's so hard. But now I definitely don't because since ever since quarantine, I'm like, I don't not I don't want to be walking around anywhere. Um, But before, sometimes you're like, oh, let me just go to Target or, you know, so it was so easy to just go and spend money on things you don't need. Yeah, seriously. (sighs) Um, A lot of people are asking about school debt. School debt, the best way to pay it off, the best way to deal with it. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I know that student loans can be very complicated and it's, um, an area that I feel like I'm not super, like I haven't uh, really dived into it or anything. Um, mostly because I don't, I never took a student loan out. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't really speak to how to handle it very well. Or like, I know there's a lot of different things that go into it or like a subsidized loan versus not. Yeah. Um, loan forgiveness for different things so I think there's a lot out there that I I don't want to give wrong information Mm -hmm. so I can't speak to that but um, I think I can speak more to if someone is still in school or like someone that's going into school like how to avoid student loan debt Mm -hmm. which is usually what I um, advise is like obviously try to avoid it at all costs I know you I know you can't always avoid it Mm -hmm. Um, and there's certainly you know some careers where like medical school where it's like so many years of school and it's mm-hmm. so expensive and like you kind of have to take that that down unless you mm-hmm. have all that money laying around right uh, but personally like when I was going to school I tried I try to make it a point not to get into student debt and the way I did that was like just by making I think choices that sometimes are can be difficult but in the long run it paid off mm-hmm. uh, so like first I started a community college and I did that because I figured like as much as like the bigger name schools are something that you work for, especially in high school, like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of see yourself going to your dream school or whatever. I'm like, well, the first two years are going to be the same, whether I go here or, you know, right. Big name school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to community college first, which is so much cheaper than even like a public state school or anything like that. And then after that, I transferred to a public university in California mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot cheaper than a private school. Right. Uh, I worked the whole time through college. So that's something that can be difficult, but it can help, you know, like while if you're making money while you're going to school, obviously it can help you pay off the the tuition as you go instead of having to get a loan. Mm-hmm. And then I worked, I actually worked at Bank of America, which I heard one of your podcast episodes and I think you said Jonathan. Oh yeah, he works at Bank of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I worked at Bank of America for five years in college and they offer tuition reimbursement for certain majors and mine was covered. So mm-hmm. they, they would, uh, they would give me tuition reimbursement every year. I think it was like 5,200 a year or something, which mm-hmm. is a significant amount when you know, going to a public school. Oh, absolutely. My semester was like $3,000. So it covered at least a semester and like a half or something. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yeah, my, I guess my expertise in student loans is more around how to avoid it. Yeah. Um, I haven't had to pay it myself, you know, obviously I'm fortunate in that sense. So uh, I'm not super up to date with how to attack it or like the loan forgiveness or the different things you can do for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, great. I definitely, I have a little bit of student debt. It's not a lot. And it was just from when I ever, I did, um, uh, like when I, I was getting my license to work at the pharmacy and like honestly like now that 
I know more about it. Um, first of all, the program to work at a pharmacy, if anyone is interested, you can literally buy the books on Amazon, study it, take the state test. Boom. You can be certified. You don't even need to go to school. But back, you know, 10 years ago, how old am I? I'm almost 30. So some years ago, whenever I was starting, I didn't know that. I didn't know any better. So I went and signed up and like these schools are just a bunch of garbage, honestly, like, you know, but um, it is pretty expensive for what the program is and like what you get out of it. Like, yeah, you learn and stuff and whatever, but the teachers are not great. Like they pretty much just pass you right along through all of the classes and then everybody kind of passes, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely. I think that's the only student debt that I have. And any other time that I had been going to school, I always did like, for the most part, I got grants or I paid out of pocket. Yeah. So I don't have any, I think that's the best way to do it is to just focus on the grants. Try not as much as, you know, I know it's hard for a lot of people to not, not everybody has the money to pay for school, especially if you're going to a big university and not a community college. Um, I, I've always heard and I've always told people and a lot of my friends will always say too, to always start a community college, get as many classes as you can out of them before you move on. Cause like, at least here, like for example, university of Houston versus like a college that I went to, which is the community college here is called Lone Star. Like a semester at Lone Star is like, Maybe you'll pay for three or four classes around $3,000. I think it just, it depends, you know, online or there or whatever. That's like one, like $1,000 is one class at the university. Mm-hmm. And you're getting four, three to four classes out of here for, you know, 2000 let's say, two, $3,000. Yeah. So that's really significant. And especially if, for number one, if you don't want to have debt. Number two, if you can't get any grants, you're only getting loans. Um, so that definitely, I've, that's always been the number one recommendation that I've always heard from a lot of people. Right. To try yeah. to do... And then just focus, I, I would say definitely um, do your research on like the career path you're taking, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I said earlier, there's certain, there's like, if you're going to go to medical school or law school and, you know, it's years and years of school that you have to pay for, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but do your research on the career and like, make sure that you're going to be able to pay it off after, you know, mm-hmm. like if you take on. $50,000 of student loan debt or $100,000 of student loan debt and then you end up taking a career path where you're just not going to make enough to pay it then mm-hmm. it, you know does it really make sense right um and I get it everybody has different passions so I'm not saying that one career is better than another or anything like that uh, but whether you're passionate about something or not like if you take on that debt like that is your death I mean sorry not death that's well, your debt <laughs> I mean kind of yeah yeah it'll, it will be your death <laughs> yeah oh you, my god you have yes to pay it off that's true. Um, and I bet you a lot of so, people don't think of it like that. Yeah. Because people, I so, feel like some people think of like the now and like, okay, well, this is how much this is, the semester is going to cost me. But I don't, people don't really focus on, okay, so what about when you're done? How much are you supposed to be making? Are you going to make enough to be able to cover that? Like, I can't yeah. even imagine being $100,000 in debt. Right. What I have, yeah, what I have is nowhere near. And I feel like, like, oh my God, like suffocated sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, I would, I could never imagine. I know, like, I meant to look up the statistics before, uh, like of the like debt, like in America, but like a lot of Americans are in debt. Most of Americans are in debt. And I feel like it's so much of like the influence of what other people have, like, especially like 
our generation off of social media, right? Everybody has nice houses. They have the best cars, the best clothes, all the shoes, this and that. And like, it makes, obviously we were like, okay, well, I want that too. You know, like I want a house or I want those shoes or this or that. So it's like, you get into this, um, uh, what is it called? Like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What is like the word? A cycle of just like a like a, the up. to be pressured, yeah, and like you you're yeah. pressured into keeping up with the cycle that everybody else is living. These people that we are looking at that have all these things are probably those people in hundred thousand dollars of yes. debt. Like you exactly. know what I mean? Like, like come on, like, like I don't know. People some people only post their the good, and like they're only gonna post the nice things. No one's gonna tell you like I have this really nice fancy car, but you know I have this sixty thousand dollar loan on it that I can barely pay every month. And, right. You know, yep. no one's going to tell you that or no yep. one's going to tell you like my car payment is half of my salary and I could barely make ends meet. Like no one's going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think a lot of that definitely influences how people get into that uh, in our society. And you just kind of have to really always remind yourself that the Instagram post does not tell you the whole story and you just have to focus on you, your money, your situation. And if you don't look, super fancy or like you're living large on Instagram exactly day that doesn't pay your bills exactly yeah oh I don't I would hate to like those people are probably like okay I would I saw this and I watched a YouTube video the other day and the girl's talking about how she owns her car and she's like it's not the nicest car in the world she's like but it's mine she's I don't pay on it She's like, it's mine, like 100% mine. She's in the people that you guys watch that have these Teslas or they have the newest uh, Range Rover or the that Mercedes G-Wagon, you know, they're like, they don't own those cars. They're like, they're probably leasing it. They probably don't even, are never going to own it. Own it. They're just wasting their money on it. And I'm like, right, it's so true. The like, they're just trying to, yeah, it's just for show and it's for everyone to see and they just want to show off and that's it. They don't, they're not gaining anything out of that. So I feel like, People really need to change the way that they think about those things that they want. I'm like, hey, you could have all of that, but I think you need to work hard. I think you need to set a plan and then you can get those things. But I definitely, there's a lot of things that you should not go into debt for. I don't even think school, you should make it a point to go into debt for. Right. And I know a lot of people like, well, like you said, like to do research on the career and, you know, the path to get to that career and, you know, all of that. I have, I know a few people who have gotten these degrees are in a bunch of student debt and they're not even working or using their degree. Right. And I'm like, okay, that sucks. And so personally, I stopped going to school because I wanted to get a business degree and everyone would always ask me, well, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I just was going to get a degree. And then I was like, you can pretty much work anywhere with a business degree. But then I was like, you know what? I was like, I can't, I was like, I really want to focus and figure out what exactly I want to like specialize in so that it's worth it for me to even, you know, to continue to go there because I was kind of going, but I never saw the light at the end of the tunnel because I didn't know what the goal was. And I was like, I cannot be in debt to something that I'm not even passionate about. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. And that's good. And I think that's a really smart way of looking at it that a lot of people often don't because Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure by society, parents, like everybody, right? Yeah. You have Mm -hmm. to go to college and you have to get a piece of paper. And if you don't do that, like, you know, somehow you're not going to have a great career or you're not going to make money or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is just not true at all. Like at the end of the day, a degree 
as a piece of paper and nobody cares about your degree like in real life you know I mean yeah they do of course there's certain industries where like yes my doctor should be very well educated oh absolutely I I get that but in most other places you know it's really like who you are as a person like your work ethic what you bring to the table Mm -hmm. how you treat people and the degree is great like don't get me wrong like I went to school I got my degree but I fully recognize that most of my success has, I wouldn't even say most, I would say any success I've had is not because I had the piece of paper. It's because of the work I put in right after I got the piece of paper. Right. Um, you know, college is great. It's a great experience, but I think what you, what you decided to do is like a smart, mature thing to do where most people will just go through with it because that's what they're supposed to do. And then they end up with a degree that in a field that they're not passionate about, that they don't exactly. care about, like you said, that they don't use and, it's harder to go against what everyone else tells you to do and kind of do what's best for you. Oh my God. But yes. In the long run, you know, mm-hmm. again, who's going to pay your bills for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. And it's like, obviously like, and I'm speaking on my personal experience, but like, it was so hard to, everyone's like, so are you done with school yet? Uh, so what are you doing? Like, what are you studying? What do you want to do with that? Like all the questions and you're just kind of like, and I just felt at some point that I was just like, Oh my God, like if I don't go to school, like, I'm not going to be good enough. Like, I'm not going to be smart enough. I'm not going to be this. I'm not going to be that. Like, this person's going to look down on me. Like, uh, you know, like things like that. And at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? Just like you said, no one else is going to pay my bills but me. And I'm not going to even put myself somewhere. I was literally going to school. And like, I didn't care to be there. Like, number one, I'm not good at school. I don't know if I'm not good at what I've done because I wasn't like passionate about it. And I didn't see the goal at the end of the tunnel, you know, or because I'm just not good at school. But I think when you're passionate about something and when you have a goal and you can see the goal, I feel like obviously you do much better. Right. And I was I didn't have that like at all. I was like, I don't know what I would even do with that degree. So I was like, I really want to focus like on everything that I'm certain about. And then if I decided one day, like, cool, like, cause even like a lot of people are like, you know, you don't even need like to start a business. For example, you don't even need a business degree. Everyone right. has started yeah. businesses during quarantine in itself with no degree. No, probably some people didn't even go to high school or they just have a GD or this or that. Like, and I feel like nowadays, even to get like a good job, not in most cases, but I would say definitely some more than none. Um, it's like who, you know. Yeah, what you can sure. do. I have, I know yeah. a lot of people who have great jobs, get very well paid and they don't have a college degree. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't know. It's hard. It's definitely hard, especially because society, they want you to go to college and they want you to get, uh, you know, this high paying job. But I don't feel like people know, at least like our parents, like that, that generation, like college doesn't cost what it used to cost back in the right. day. You know what I exactly. mean? Like college is expensive. Even like people, that work in the government, they even realize like how expensive now it is to go to college and how much debt people get into to do, to do so. And like, they're even astonished by it, but I don't know, hopefully they're doing something about it, but it's just so crazy to me. And I do, a lot of people are in so much student debt. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. But that's enough of my rant. And I don't even have a lot. I know. Yeah. So try to avoid it if you can. 
um try to pay definitely work your butt off if you're trying to get that degree like if that's what is important for you and you have a goal and you're committed work your butt off do side jobs do what you got to do you have to if you have to work you have to work like it is what it is like I worked I've I mean I've been working since I was like 15 or 16 years old but you got to do what you got to do either you want to get in debt or you're gonna have to work your ass off and have the money for school have a savings fund school like to pay your classes and every paycheck just keep building it and building it so whenever you're ready to start that semester if you're paying out of pocket you're like hey okay at least I have this much and then maybe like you can maybe use a credit card okay so build your credit this way get a credit card um, be smart with choosing credit cards I think that's important that that should be something we can talk about because nobody knows that nobody teaches you that Um, and then do it that way I would think and that way you can build your credit and then you're not swimming in student debt later on. So that's our rant on student debt. Yeah. But go to school. It doesn't mean to not go to school. Definitely go to school. Right. That's what you want. You know, it's not Just for everybody. Sure but you're doing it. If, I mean, do it because you want to and because it's something that is going to make you feel happy and fulfilled exactly. in life. Not because what everyone tells you that you should do. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Do you um, follow any of Dave Ramsey's stuff? Or- so I, I, I personally don't. So like I know, I think the question was like about his baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Dave Ramsey is very um, extreme. I feel like in his, you know, his thought process, it's like kind of like super black or white, all or nothing. This is what you have to do and yeah. everybody has to do it. And that's the only way. Um, so I think that clearly he, clearly his system works for people because there are, there are a lot of people that have paid off a ton of debt by following his baby steps. So that's Mm -hmm. great. If it works for you, by all means, um, for me, there's a few things that I just personally don't agree with. Um, I know, like, I think the first baby step is to get a thousand dollars in a starter emergency fund. And then from there you begin to pay off debt, but basically the idea is you save a thousand dollars if that's your emergency fund and everything else you have is going to debt mm-hmm. and it's not until after you pay off your debt that you build a bigger emergency fund you know, right for six months or a year mm-hmm. um and i just cannot get behind that because i think a thousand dollars is super outdated i'm not sure when he decided this was like the right amount right um but it's like how can you be comfortable with a thousand dollars only like that's your backup yeah right like that's you know a thousand dollars barely covers anything like it's not going to cover a trip to the hospital usually your car can break down and be a thousand your pet gets sick um you lose your job you know how long is a thousand dollars gonna to last you it's like not even a month's rent and probably most of the country so I don't agree with that I think you know personally like especially in 2020 like we've all seen the world come to a halt. We've all seen so many people lose mm-hmm. their jobs overnight. So many businesses like crumbling places that are closed, like you can't open. So I cannot get behind advising people to keep a thousand dollars while they pay off debt. Mm-hmm. I understand his concept. I understand that part of the reason why he preaches that is to make you feel uncomfortable. Like you feel like, Oh, I only have a thousand. I need to pay off my debt so I can save more. Yeah. I get that. That's fine. Um, everybody, you know, if you follow it and it works for you by all means. But mm-hmm. so, no, I don't follow his baby steps and I don't agree with all of them. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of things that that do work and there's a lot of people that have gone in the system and it works. So if it mm-hmm. works, it'd be great. But 
Um, I just think that a lot of his advice is a little bit just one outdated and two like way too extreme and yeah it doesn't account for so many other things and I think you just kind of have to do what's best for you and yeah you know like when it comes to an emergency fund I just don't think a thousand dollars is enough for anyone period but it, it really has to be what you're comfortable with how stable is your job how stable is your industry mm-hmm. you know if you're married or you live with someone is your partner's income stable and like if you lose your job can you count on that person mm-hmm. or you know you have kids you have a mortgage like there's so many things that no yeah. one can tell you how much you should have saved like mm-hmm. you have to figure these things out Mm-hmm. on your own and what works best for you yeah I never even thought of that like the thousand dollars like that doesn't cover anything yeah it doesn't like because I have one of my best friends like she she loves Dave, Dave Ramsey I don't know necessarily that she agrees with every single thing he does but she does follow a lot of his steps and um you know it's worked out great for her I, don't, I actually don't think they have any debt at all um and so you know, obviously I go to her, I go to her a lot for that type of, of advice and stuff. Um, but yeah, I never even thought of that. Like the thousand dollars, that's only going to, that's not even a month. Like if you have like a house and all the bills and you know, like that doesn't cover even like a month's worth of expenses. Yeah. So it would be scary to only have that. And then you know, and get into more debt, get into more debt because you're not going to have, yeah. Oh my God. I never yeah. thought of that. Oh, so, well. so that's kind of my, I guess, mini round him. Yeah. I think he's great. Successful. His system works for some people. I personally don't agree with a lot of it, with but the, yeah, um, but you know, I don't think finances, um, there's no right or wrong. There's no black or white. Yeah. So just because I think this doesn't mean that it's right either. Right. Um, but those it's just, just whatever works for Right. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. What can you say? Well, speaking, well, speaking on that, uh, somebody had a question um, or a comment about the importance of having an emergency fund. So I think you probably, like with my last answer, you probably already know what I'm going to say, which is yeah. super important, um, especially when it comes to debt. Like a lot of the times when you get into debt is because you don't want, you don't have the money to Mm -hmm. cover something Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's one thing when you're just like swiping your car to buy purses and this and that like that's avoidable right but there's Mm going to come a time in your life when there's things that are just not avoidable like emergencies are going to happen you might get sick a loved one might get sick um and I hate to make it sound so dramatic like you know but obviously like good things aren't going to bring like you're not going to get into debt for a good thing usually right right? Mm -hmm. so um you just have to prepare for it like losing a job you now have to think about a pandemic, right? Like yeah. we used to think about a pandemic that mm-hmm. wasn't even part of our everyday vocabulary. Absolutely. And now like I find myself asking like, oh, is this business uh, pandemic proof? You know, like you go somewhere and you think like, will they be here and mm-hmm. whatever? Um, so I think this year has been a really, really good example of how much life can change overnight. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, like coronavirus was around, right? And we heard about it and it was in China, but like no one really took it seriously. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I feel like the country kind of just shut down overnight. I mean, at least on a state level, right? Like one day the governor of California was like, we're shutting down and so many people were out of a job. Um, and now we're six months into this. Like no one thought we were going to be six months into this. And of course there's unemployment and stuff, but even that is so unstable. Like I've heard so many horror stories of people here in California that, applied for unemployment and never got any money because like it didn't go through and like they couldn't get a hold of anyone so they're yeah. going on 
four or five months without any kind of money. And so my thing is you can't wait for people to save you, even the government. Like you Mm -hmm. can't trust the government to save you. You can't trust anyone to bail Mm -hmm. you out. You have no idea what's going to happen in life and how long you can be out for. And of course you can't plan for everything, but you should at least have some amount saved that you think can cover for, I don't know. Again, it depends. Mm-hmm. Six to 12 months, it's whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. And again, you have to assess your situation and decide what's going to work for you. Um, when, you know, I just got married a little over a month ago. So before that, I was living at my parents' house, even though I've been like independent and grown up and whatever, like at the end of the day, I was living at home. Yeah. So if I lost my job, like my parents were going to throw me out on the street, you know, of right. course they were going to be there for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that kind of expense. Um, I wasn't like responsible for everything around the house. So back then my emergency fund, I feel like I could keep it smaller and I would mm-hmm. still be okay. Where now that we're on, on our own, And, you know, like you no longer have that backup from your parents. Um, You know, I'm obviously going to want to have more in my emergency fund because I have more things to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, If I ever have children, it's going to be even more because it's not just me and my husband. It's me and my kids and my husband. And we all, you know, right to eat. Yeah. So there's no no like right or wrong again on how much. Um, but I, as far as the importance of it, yes, I absolutely think everybody should have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so hard because it's one of those things where like, who wants to just keep thousands of dollars in an account and never use it, right? Like, oh, I could use this money for a trip or I can use this money right. for that. Um, and it's not like about being negative or anything. It's just about being prepared. And like, there's so many things that can happen and mm-hmm. you just have to be prepared. Otherwise, unfortunately, if that, that these things do happen, you know, like, so you do lose your job in March and now we're in September mm-hmm. and unemployment runs out and you still don't have a job. Like, what are you going to do? Right. You, know, you no one's going to bail you out forever. No exactly. Gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I was just saying, even now, like this whole time, like between the lines of trying to get into someone, the phone calls of this, like the government going back and forth every week on, you know, every week I see something on the news, like, Oh, they're about to approve another 1200. Yeah. Right. Never happens. You know, there's all these people that like said they never got their 1200 and we're expecting it. Like clearly we don't have a really great system in place for when these things happen. Yeah. Um, So instead of focusing on why doesn't the government have this figured out, like just figure it out for yourself and have an emergency fund. They don't have our back. (laughs) Yeah, no, they don't have our back. back except for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking on that as well. Um, so like, for example, Jonathan and I have um, and like over the years, we started with a joint savings account, which we've been putting money aside to purchase our home. Um, and we're still going strong on there. Um, and then so Jonathan and I, we like to travel often. Um, and eventually I was like, okay, no more traveling. Like we have to like buckle down. Like, you know, I was really trying to save. I'm really trying to like pay off my debt, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, then I told him, I was like, okay, if you want to continue to travel, I said, like, then we are going to open up a separate savings account. That's a hundred percent just for that. So we put in like, you know, it's not, we don't put in a lot of money there on a monthly basis. Um, but He'll put in something like every month and then we'll let it accumulate. And basically my, the deal was we can save. I was like, and then I was like, cause he'll be like random, like, Hey, let's go here for the weekend. And I'm like, okay, if you know, you decide in two months, do you want to go somewhere? If there's enough money that covers this trip fully, 
in the savings account, we can go. If not, we can't go. It's not in the budget. Like it is what it is. And so that's what we've been doing. And so now it's been growing because the whole quarantine, we obviously haven't been able to go anywhere. And I actually just convinced him. I was like, you know, what? how about you take that money and you put it into the house fund? I was like, because we're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, I'd rather fo- us focus on that and then we'll continue to build yeah. that up slowly, like later on. Like I don't, you know, we can't go anywhere right now. So it's not a big deal. Um, and that was hard for him because he was like, no, like we've been working on this. And I was like, I don't care. Like you want a house or you want to go on vacation? Because I'd rather yeah, get a house, you know, right. so definitely but prioritizing. That's, really, that's a really good thing to do. Like what you, what you did with the travel fund, uh, because uh, I think I do the same thing. Like I mm-hmm. had uh, I had before I had three savings accounts. Um, they're all at the same bank. So I could have one big account. But for me, like there's like that visualization part. Oh, yeah. I love to see it separate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I'd rather have that. So I had an emergency fund. I had a wedding fund. And then I I have a house fund. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so this was before. So, you know, we're obviously going to merge everything at some point. But Mm -hmm. um, you just feel less guilty about doing things if Mm -hmm. you budget for it. And a lot of people think that budgeting is like restraining. But it's really the opposite. Like if you actually budget... It can you be see freeing how, yeah. because you don't feel guilty about a trip or a purchase because it's like, I planned for this. Yep. Uh, and we and you also, and I feel like once you budget, you see how much money like you have left over and you don't realize like, oh, wow, like I actually have a lot of money left over than what you think you do. Yeah. That's why like there's something that the, I think Dave Ramsey people, like they do the envelope system. Yeah. And so my friend, she, she's, she's really good on it. Um, I haven't fully started. Well, I think I was going to start right before quarantine and then I was okay. I'm not spending any money now. So I did, I never did it. Um, but I like that in the sense that you can really see like where your money's going and like, or like, for example, like actually, because I didn't do it and this happened, it caught up to me. So, um, my brother, does, he works on cars. He's a mechanic, right? So he drove my car a couple of days. He's like, your car needs this and this and this. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like, and you need to take care of it soon. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding? And I was, like, I, don't have, I was like, I don't have money for that right now. And he was like, and I should have put money away in my little car envelope, but I didn't. Yeah. And so now I'm now like, I'm like, okay, no, now I'm definitely going to start putting money in. Because in the beginning, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not going to put money in there because like, I'm not going to go take out my cash from the ATM to put it in this envelope. And then am I, like for gas and stuff or like groceries, like I'd rather just use my car. Like I don't want to carry cash. Right. I was like, so am I going right. to take out the cash and then go put it back in when I'm going to go to the grocery store? Like yeah. that concept to me, I was like, mm, I couldn't wrap my head around it, but I think it w- it definitely will come in handy for situations like this. So like for car stuff, like something that you don't do like once a week, like I would say gas, at least for me personally, I do gas and groceries about every two weeks or so, just depending. Um, but like car stuff, like obviously we get oil changes every like, I don't know, three to four months or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, obviously you need um, your state inspection is something you can put money aside for. Uh, and just extra, let's say an extra $50 or let's say you put an extra like $25 every paycheck. For example, me, now I have to get my brakes done. And I'm like, Ugh, I wasn't planning for this. You know what I mean? So, right. and I refused to use a credit card. So I was like, whatever, I guess I'll just do it, you know, whatever. Right. But it's things like this where I'm like, okay, yeah, I should have used the envelope thing. Definitely. Yeah. But like for other stuff, it, it helps. for me, it doesn't, it just, it didn't make sense for me to do all of that. Like, 
especially because yeah. you get your money straight in your bank like i was like why am i gonna go take it out and put it in these envelopes like that to me yeah, was like too much i don't do the envelope system either again it's one of those things that i think for some people works well mm-hmm. um i don't do it for many reasons like you it's like inconvenient you know i feel like if you, if you really cannot be disciplined with your card i understand yeah. some people mm-hmm. can't i get it uh for the most part i can you know be fine with my card even like the risk of losing your cash you know I would be devastated. Yeah. And there goes your cash and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, you drop your your debit card. Yeah. Maybe someone can make a transaction on it, but you can call your bank and cancel it or report it or. Exactly. And you get your money back nine, nine times out of 10, they'll get you your money back. Right. So for, for all those reasons, I personally don't, I don't get behind the envelope thing either, but I know for some people it works and it's great. But I, but as far as like the savings accounts, I do like having the separate accounts where I know, okay, this is for, you know, down payment on a house when the wedding was here, this was for the wedding. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not dipping into my emergency fund for my wedding. Like the wedding we planned for it. This is what we saved and this is what we're going to spend. And I love the idea for like the travel fund too. Like that's, that's one thing that we were just talking about because we haven't even had a chance to go to the bank because of COVID, same thing. Like we're yeah. not trying to go to bank. I haven't changed my yeah. name. Like there's all these things that I can't do because yeah. everything is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still haven't joined our accounts together, but we will. And that was one thing we were just talking about. Like let's have a travel fund so that we can take trips guilt-free mm-hmm. and yes. we plan for it. We're not mm-hmm. worried about it. You know, whatever it costs, it's fine. As yep. long as we can afford it, we'll pay for it. If we can't, like you said, if it's exactly. not fun, then we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. I agree. And I actually, I was just thinking about, I needed to open up um, another savings account with my bank because I like seeing, and I have everything like, I think I have one of my accounts labeled. Like, you know, like you can edit like the name of it or whatever. So when you see it, you can see like, like how you have a house, wedding, you know, travel, whatever. Right. And I feel like, yeah, like for me, I'm a very visual person, like whether it's learning with anything, but if I see something and it's organized like to a certain way that makes me feel like good about it, I'm more so to be disciplined about it than not. Right. Rather, if you just have like your checking and debit and I'm sorry, checking and savings account, it's just there. You're kind of like, eh, like it's not, it's almost like not like, it sounds weird to say, but like, it's not exciting and you don't get like it's it's not attractive to the eye so you're just like whatever about it and it's not as um I feel like it's harder for you to prioritize prioritize something that doesn't really excite you or make you feel good or whatever but once you start seeing those numbers growing you're like yes and like I'm usually mm -hmm, motivated exactly I'm usually like once I see like my um whether it's checking savings whatever get to a certain amount I'm like oof I don't want it to get under that number. And like, yeah. you know, I continually, continuously as it increases, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's not get over this number. Um, but I definitely, I have, I have two checkings account. This is another good tip that I've learned is that I keep one, I have two checkings account and then savings, right? So my, I have the first one is where all of my bills come out of any subscriptions, uh, anything like that, they all come out of this one account. So that account is maintained with the amount that's going to cover all of those things. So I know that that account can't be lower than X amount, right? And then my other uh, checkings account is what I have like to spend. And so let's say like I give myself right now, everything's so weird. So I haven't you know, been spending as much, but it's like, let's say I give myself every two weeks, $200, So that's what I have to spend for those two weeks. The rest of it either uh, goes in the savings or I put um, to pay, I put it towards whatever debt that I have. Um, And I find that that really helps me too, to have it be, it's more organized 
And then I don't have to worry about like my bills not being paid because I know that the amount that needs to be there to cover whatever it is for the month is there. And then it it gets taken care of automatically and I don't have to worry about it. Right. Another thing I think that helps, um, because you start worrying about like, well, am I going to have money to pay this this month? Or, you know, you know, am I going to be negative this month? Things like that. So I, I think definitely organize your, your bank accounts, uh, you know, with whatever works for you, with whatever it is that you want to, you know, to have, to save, you know, whatever. Um, but definitely I recommend all of, all of the above. Uh, let's see. People are asking about advice for purchasing your first home. I haven't bought a house, so I have no, I know I'm in the learning process of all of these things and it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of information. Same here. We haven't uh, gotten there yet, but I think some like general advice would be have your finances in order before, you know, Mm purchasing a home is a huge step. A mortgage is like a really big commitment um, so number one is going to be obviously the down payment, right? Like figure out how much you want to spend on the house and then how much you're going to put down and mm-hmm. save towards that. Um, one tip I've heard that's good is you always, uh, a lot of people will like save for a down payment, but then they forget about like the closing costs, which mm-hmm. depending on the house and stuff. I don't know if it's different in Texas, but I think here, like on average, you can expect to spend like five to $7,000 on closing costs, mm-hmm. which is a significant amount, you know, on yeah. top of a down payment. So that's one thing I would say is like, keep in mind that it's not just the down payment, it's the closing costs. Mm-hmm. And then if it's your first home or your first place, you know, budget for furniture, that's another thing that you have to think about furnishing the place. That's Girl. Like a few thousand. Yes. So I guess my tip would be like, save for everything and plan for everything. And um, as far as like, once you get into like the mortgage inside of that and like what kind of mortgage and the interest rate and all that, I would definitely consult an actual loan officer yeah um you know I'm not an expert on that front but I think most importantly like make sure that you know you don't have a ton of debt that's going to be hanging over you like you the last thing you want is to be stressed about still paying off all of this debt and trying to get a house mm-hmm. um you have an emergency fund same thing you know once you have a mortgage definitely thing, <laughs> you know whatever that mortgage is make sure you have probably at least six months covered in case anything were to happen um so I think that's just some good general overall, but as far as the specifics on like applying for the loan and all that, I would consult a loan officer. Yeah, definitely. I right now, well, now that we've started kind of looking into that, I'm like, I keep telling Jonathan, oh my God, we need more money. And he's like, you always say that. And I was like, because I keep crunching numbers and I'm like, we need more money. I'm like, because I never even thought of closing costs. And it's like, you think of furniture and like appliances, but you're like, eh. Like How it's not, yeah. Like right, I think like I think when you first think of like purchasing a home, you're like, okay, I need a down payment, and like I, essentially you could do it with less than ten thousand dollars. But once you start learning about more things, you're like, oh no, yeah, I need more. You know, be, it's not yeah. gonna. It's I don't know what trying to house what kind of house you guys want to buy, but ten thousand dollars for us and our budget, uh, like our what we want to spend max on a house, our first house and all of that stuff. It's not, it's not enough. So I've been looking into that and I will do a podcast on that. Cause I'm like, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of information that even if you go to a lender or, you know, whatever, they don't tell you a lot of things or they might not tell you what's in your best interest. They'll tell you what's in right. their best interest yeah. and that doesn't benefit you. Right. So I think, I definitely think save. I know my friend told me that they started saving, um, cause they just bought their second home. 
they opened up a second savings account or they started second savings um, to be a hundred percent that will go towards appliances and furniture, which I was like, Oh, that's smart. Because, you know, like I was telling Jonathan, he's like, well, we can just put it all in our house fund. I was like, no, I kind of want it separate because me as a visual person, I want to see that separate. I was like, I want to focus on what the down payment is, what the closing costs are, you know, all, everything in one account and anything like extra, like appliances, furniture, whatever will be in another account. And it, that way, you know, it's not like, it's not, obviously it's important, but it doesn't have to grow as fast as the other one or as we would right. like the other one to grow. Right. So that's what I want to do as well is do a whole nother um, savings for like all the things you need for inside the home. Right. Um, but That'll be definitely um, on a on the next episode for sure. I need to do a whole thing yeah. on a house because I've been learning a lot, and I'm like, oh my god, a lot of people don't. They probably don't know this, or right. they're they're given the wrong information, and I don't know. That's a whole that's a whole another thing. But yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. That's all the questions. We covered pretty much all the questions. Yeah. Um. So that is all we have for you guys today i hope that you learned a few things or are motivated to now get in uh getting that debt paid off it's definitely hard it's not easy um discipline definitely um ask yourself whenever you're going to make a purchase if it's a want or a need and then that'll help that helps me a lot if i ask myself if i really need something or if i want something and i sit there double like uh, like what is it called double Double guessing, second guess it. Second guessing, you know, when you yeah. question yourself. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, no. If I have to ask myself that many times, like if I need it or if I want it, then I don't need it. Right. And so that's that's how I just kind of simplify my my purchases really. And I haven't even I don't I haven't really impulse shopped. I'm trying to think if I have, but I don't think I have. And if I do, I literally will go return it. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I don't need it. I'm just going to return it. Whatever. I was like, I didn't need that. So I think that's it. That's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. You You're so informative. I hope that everybody learns a lot from this and maybe we'll do another podcast on a different topic later on. Definitely. And I think that's it. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys on the next episode.